from the summit in San Antonio, Texas, Bacor presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Jeremy Forcier and Carson Vaughn. Today's topic, Working Realtor Relationships. June 24th, 1978. A woman gave birth to a man. Not a baby, but a man. A man who had the power of gods and could drink gallons of milk through a beer bong. This man is a professional athlete-grade mountain biker, decent husband, and voted most likely to win in a bar fight. This man is Carson Vaughn. He also happened to close 400 units last year. Give him a big round of applause, folks. Come on now. His branch might have done 750 units. Come on now. Give him a round of applause. So who's good at working with realtors? Carson. So he's the most qualified to teach us. I'm going to learn just as much uh, from Carson today. Um, as I get to share with you all. So I'm super excited, super stoked to be coaching with your brother. Um, if you're in the right class, this is working realtor relationships, something none of you have done for at least a year. Okay? <laughs> like, guaranteed. 100% guaranteed. Like, raise your hand if you have called 40 realtors every week for the last 12 months. Menteros, week for the last 12 months. Menteros, we found the liars, folks. That's Spanish for liar, just so you guys know. Okay? I know limited Espanol, but I know that one. Okay? So here's why I know that's true. I called zero realtors for eight months. That's right. That's why I'm qualified to teach this class. Okay? I called zero realtors for eight months. And I'm not proud of sharing that with you, but it's just the truth. And we always have to start from the truth. Right. But there's there's so much was coming in that I was talking to the people that were calling me. Right. I got out of doing any type of proactive uh, activities. Now, I did land some cool accounts and I'll share some tips with you at the end on how to do that with stuff that's coming in. But I wasn't doing my job at the end of the day. Okay, so it's so important for us to be honest in this room and in our lives and in our jobs with where are we really at? Not where are we at when we're telling someone how great we are, but where are we really at? Like, I haven't called 40 realtors in a week, like, at least since, I don't know, maybe it was 2019. I mean, maybe it was December, I think, when I called them all. Okay? Like, it's, it it was, it was a run, but we have to get back to our basics, right? And we have to start with our current reality. So, I'm super stoked to be sharing the stage with you, my man, uh, Carson. Uh, fantastic guy, as I was sharing with you. Uh, and that is a true fact, by the way. He is voted most likely to want to have on your side in a bar fight. Okay? Rick Ruby approved. So, um, Carson, were you as bad as me the last year? Um, probably a little bit worse. Really? Yep. Tell us about it. Well, I made some calls, and then we got busy. Then we started hiring people, and I made some calls, and then we kept getting busier because we hired more people. And then we continued to hire more people and do more loans, and it was ridiculous, the amount of business coming in, and I got to thinking, wow, I've done it, I'm here, I've arrived, I don't have to call realtors anymore. And we all know that's not really true. 
right? And so probably in the last 90 days is where we've gotten back to Monday getting after realtors. And of course, that's why Jeremy and I are qualified to teach this class. But before we really get into it, I wanted to tell you, Jeremy, I'm so honored and nervous to teach this class with you because it's you, right? Yeah, I've buddy. With some other guy. I taught with Josh Sigmund and I wasn't nervous. I'm nervous to teach with you because you're that good on stage. I'm just so honored Thank you. to call you a friend. You're like so transparent, like really transparent in case you don't know the poopy story. <laughs> so transparent and vulnerable and just has the biggest heart, the biggest, most generous, loving guy. And I'm just so honored to share the stage with you, brother. All right. So um, the easiest way to see where you're at is to pull information from the last year of who you actually closed uh, loans with from a realtor referral source side. Okay. So how many of you guys do that? Good. How many of you guys uh, call all those people? Consistently? Good. So like I said, I didn't call realtors uh, for a full year or more. It is true. Um, consistently in my theme days or on a weekly basis. So the first thing that I did was make sure that I pulled all the data of who did I close loan, who referred me a closed transaction, right, over the last 12 months. Um, I was shocked to see that there was 84 people, right, that had referred me on the realtor side a closed transaction, right? So that was my current reality was there was 84 people that have referred me that I literally didn't pay any attention to. Right. So I had to figure out what do I have to do for them? Like, how do I reach back out? Have any of you had that moment where you realize like you maybe have a VIP list or a realtor list and you look at it one day and you're like, man, I haven't called that person in six months. Right. Or whatever it may be. There's no point in having lists if we don't use the lists. Just burn them. Like there's no point. Why do you even waste the time organizing them? I have a LO that works for me who literally, I follow up with them every single week. I'm like, so what are you working on this week? You know, how's your realtor list coming along? Oh, it's great. You know, I'm updating. Every time I talk to him, he's updating it. <laughs> he's not calling it. Okay. So we have to get no point. Why do you even waste the time organizing them? Okay. But I had 84 people that referred me a closed transaction and that I haven't done anything for them. I had to figure out an easy way to re-engage. So don't leave me alone on this one, by the way. Okay, raise your hand if you get nervous about calling someone who you're supposed to be in relationship with and you haven't for a long time. Thank God. I was so, you guys are all like raising your hand that you call 40 realtors every week. I'm like, oh my God, someone else should teach this class. But I get nervous when I feel like I have to re-engage a relationship that might be stale or that I feel that I dropped the ball on and not pouring into them, right? So we have to figure out ways to engage them once again. Right. So for me, and this is on page, I'll give you an example. How about that? It's page 120. Okay. Page 120 is a picture of what I did selfishly to make myself feel better so that I would pick up the phone. Okay. So there are times that it's okay to selfishly do something to make yourself feel better so that you can help other people. All right. So I sent everyone, right, a gift at the beginning of the year when I pulled this data, a gift saying thank it was a weird year is what the card said, by the way. What a weird year. It was thank you so much for referring me a closed transaction. I really look forward to getting back to a sense of normalcy and working with you in the future. So I had to re-engage. Right now, something else I had to do that was really tough is I had to take a look at those 84 people that referred me a closed transaction 
and compare it to my top 40 realtor list. Carson, guess what I found, bud? What's that? This is I had a built-in new list, okay, <laughs> of people that I should be paying attention to. So th- I want you guys to write this down. Things aren't always as they seem. It's important to know the truth. Who is, who are you in a good relationship with business-wise? Who is being a champion of you, right? And make sure that your top 40 realtor list is in line with what data says as well, okay? So uh, when creating your top 40 realtor list, which is one of the lists that you all have to have and you have to update it monthly, okay? I'm telling you not what I do, I'm telling you what I'm doing, okay? So I just updated mine, right? And I'm committed to updating it monthly. We have to look at it all the time. Why do we have to look at it all the time, Carson? Our realtor list? Yeah. I think for a bunch of reasons, because sometimes it's changing. Sometimes the people we work with are changing. Cool. What Uh, else? Well, sometimes uh, there's people on there that we hate. Oh. Is that true? A realtor? Okay, you guys kind of snickered a little bit. Like, come on now. You guys are all greedy pigs like everybody else. And sometimes you look at it and you go, ugh. Ah, I don't want to call that person. But I made 20 grand from them last year. And you keep them on. Take those people off. Okay, don't keep them on. If you don't enjoy them, take them off your top 40 realtor list. So having a really clean list is super, super, super important. Now, something that Carson does way better than me, that he's going to talk about is his accounts pyramid. Now, listen, total confession. I feel like I'm in therapy today. Um, I've never made an accounts pyramid. <laughs> Swear. Okay? I've never made one. And it's embarrassing. So I'm saying it to you so that I will make one. Okay, accounts pyramid is important to have. He was telling me about it, and I was like, you actually have one of those things? <laughs> like, it's I thought in that the book. Was, yeah, it's in the book. <laughs> he sent it in. I was like, oh, people really do this. This is incredible. So how do you organize your account pyramid, and why is it so important that you use that, Carson? Yeah, um, and I'll give the credit to Josh Sigmund here, and he taught me the game, right? If you think of an accounts pyramid, look at it as a pyramid, right? It's a triangle, and it's, there's a point at the top, right? There's fewer names at the top, and there's a bunch more names at the bottom. At the bottom of your pyramid, as you guys know, and it explains it there, right? That's who you're chasing, right? So for me, th- those are agents that do more than 12 buyer sides a year, right? They have to do at least 12 buyer sides a year for them to have enough business to even have a chance at me closing four deals minimum a year with them, right? So if I take all of the realtors in my market and I sort out that list by the number of buy sides, that list of 10,000 or 12,000 realtors turns into about 900. And I'll actually confess that of those, I met 392 of them in 2012 from that list. Uh, Most of those 392, I didn't even know Right. So it's picking up the phone again, using Josh's script. I've heard great things about you. I'd love the opportunity to meet with you. But this class isn't cold calling realtors. I did a lot of that and it works, but there's other things that work better. And I'm so thankful and have so much gratitude to the core and to mentors of mine like Jeremy that have have taught me how to do it a better way, a better way to fish. Right. Than to just purely cold call new people. Um, the game is, and, and you'll see it from the form, is how do you move people up the pyramid? How do you turn your pyramid upside down, right? How do you have more at the top that are an account? And we consider an account as someone you do more than 10 transactions a year with. How many of you I'm guys sorry. do, raise your hand, more than 10 transactions a year with more than three realtors? 
That's impressive. So I don't want you to miss this as Carson's explaining this. So number one thing you guys all should have, you know, wrote down is qualifying your list, right? Qualifying your list. And there's different ways to qualify a list. One great way is number of transactions. Number of buy sides, buy sides. Right? Super simple. Yep. Right? I misspoke. So account is four to ten. Ten plus is a channel account, right? So at the top are the channel accounts and then your accounts and then your one to three deals a year and then the people you're chasing at the bottom. Pretty simple. And then we, we have that list and then you have to organize that list, right? And so Jeremy mentioned that he closed Loans with 86 different realtors. Now, imagine if he was just calling 40 every week, right? There's several realtors there that are not hearing from him. So what I've found is how many realtors that I'm chasing and divide them so that I know there are realtors that they just hear from me once a month. They'll send me the onesie, twosie, three deals a year, right? And so one of the tactics that we learned was to divide our list into week one, week two, week three, week four, and so for me, for example, I closed business with about 60, 62 different realtors last year, right? Well, I know that if I'm just calling the same 40 every week, there's 20 of them that would never hear from me, right? And so by dividing that list into week one, week two, week three, week four, about 25 a week are getting called, which gives me time to prospect another 10 or 15 to hit my 40. And so when I'm in the best rhythm, that's what that 40 a day, that 40 on Monday really looks like for hmm. me. I should probably try to start just calling 40, I think. Yep. Um, that would, that good would be start. a good start for me. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the organization part though before we get into like how to call, what to say, what to text and all that good stuff, okay? So he qualifies based on number of units, right, or opportunities, okay? Um, I qualify based upon, um, do I like them? It's more simple. Eh, I don't know if it's more simple, but Brent can attest to this. In my market, okay, everyone's market's different, so you have to qualify both ways is what I'm getting at. You have to look at how much people are doing, but Brent, what's the top agent in our market do? Yeah. Yeah, so he said, just so you know, so you can hear him, maybe 10 in a year, right? I think the top agent buy side last year was 19, okay? So what does that mean for me? I got to work with way more people. Right. So you have to know the data so that you know what you're going after, who you're going after. Now, I don't want to work with just anyone. OK, I'm at the point in my career or my maybe it's just my life where I'm getting older. And I'm like, if I don't like you, I'm just not interested in hearing your voice. OK, like, I just don't like it. It's irritating to me. And I don't like to be irritated at work because life is irritating on its own. All right. So I'm really looking to work with people I like. Right. That's really, really, really important. You have to decide what type of people that you want to work with. OK, so I'll share I'll share with you what I'm looking for when I'm working with realtors. OK, number one is, are they kind? Not are they a pushover? There's a difference. Are they kind? OK, are they kind? Number two is, are they collaborative? So when I say collaborative, is that a word? Yeah, I said it right, right? Okay, cool. Collab. Um, when I want to collaborate with someone, it's like, are we going to be working together to try to get a positive outcome? Right? I hate working with anyone, agents alike, that tell me what I have to do all the time when they don't know jack about what it takes to get a loan done. 
I just don't have patience for it. Now, I'm not rude. I just don't call them back. Okay? It's a way that, by the way, um, I had a student ask me this right before we came in. He goes, hey, are you going to cover? I'm not in your class. Like, how do you just tell someone you don't want to work with them anymore? I go, you just stop calling them. <laughs> it's, like, it's actually not that complicated. Just stop following up with them. Stop sending them your email. Stop doing all that. Okay? Uh, and the last one that I'm looking for is someone that's serious about growing. So that can be personally or professionally. Those are the only three things that I'm personally looking for in any of my realtor relationships and how they end up on my prospecting lists. Yes, Mark, you have a question. How do you find that out? Cool. So Mark said, how do you find that out, man? He just left out the man, but I added that for dramatic effect. He said, how do you find that out? Well, you have to start by getting into a relationship and contacting them. There's no other way around it, right? So you have to kiss a lot of frogs. Like to figure out, it's like dating, which I don't remember because I've had kids since I was 19, but I assume it's like dating. Like, like you gotta like go out with a bunch of people and see if you vibe and like get to know them a little bit and give people just second. Swipe. You just swipe. What? I hear you just swipe. I swiped? It's what you do, it's what the kids are out there. Oh, swipe. Tinder, sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. You gotta swipe. <laughs> see, I'm so out of it, I'm like, what's that? I don't know what swipe is. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I thought swiper stop swiping was from Dora the Explorer. Like, like <laughs> he kept saying swipe and I'm like, did I cut out? Can you guys hear me? Um, <laughs> I mean, great question. Like, how do you find out? You have to try a lot. Okay. You have to get to know people. And sometimes getting to know people takes longer than we want. Right. But we have to give them chances as well. Get to an appointment in 30 minutes when you're asking scripted questions. No. <laughs> right. You get to know a little bit. You get to know if they're interested. Right. It, you, have to, you have to go through the process of trying to build a relationship with them to know if you like them. You have to do a transaction together. Right? So you have, to, you have to go through that process to even know if you want to add them or not. Now, we all know people that we just don't like because of the way that they treat us on the first call. Right? So it's not that you have to be abused and get through the abuse. Right? And then have that Stockholm Syndrome thing. You don't have to do that. Right? But you have to try. Right? So you have to make contact. All right? So... Um, in organizing in my A, B, and C, okay? So I do an A, B, and C list. So this is like, call it the accounts pyramid and use the accounts pyramid for the record, A, B, and C, okay? So an A uh, realtor for me is someone that I close four or more transactions with in a 12-month time frame. As Brent just shared and I shared, like the top people in our market are doing 10 buy sides a year. So four is a good number. So four is a great yeah. number. That means 40%. Right. I would have a yep. chance at 40 percent if I worked with that person regularly. Right. So I have those in an A list. Right. People that I close four or more transactions with. Now, my B list is people that I'm closing. I've closed one to three transactions with over the last 12 months. Right. That's my B list. OK. And then the C list is my prospecting list. So those are people that I either want to work with or we've talked about working together or they've referred me someone, but it hasn't converted yet. We haven't done an actual deal yet together. Okay, and that's my C list. This is what my, my list looks like today because I pulled it last week to be prepared for this. Um, I have uh, 17 uh, A clients. Okay, so I have 17 people that refer me four or more transactions Okay, in, in a year as a realtor. My B list, I have 32, okay, so 32 people that close uh, one 
no, 32, it's 52. It's whatever the 83 minus the other one was. Okay, how about that? Yeah, it's like 50-something. Okay, that's my biggest list, right, that I have. And then on my C list, I always keep 50 people in my C list, all right, that I'm prospecting. Now, pre-COVID, this is how it worked, and I'm going to go back to it, which is why I'm doing this in front of you guys to hold myself accountable. I'll keep saying it because the more we say stuff, the more we do it. Okay, so pre-COVID, I called all my A's every single week on Mondays, no matter what. Okay, called all my A's on Mondays, no matter what. My B list, I would divide by two, and I'd call every other week on a Monday, right? So I'm calling 50% of my B's on Mondays, and then the following Monday, the remainder 50% of the B's. And then the C list, I was calling once a month, okay? I should have been calling them more. If I would have called them more, I guarantee you that I could have closed 150 with different agents last month, uh, last year, excuse me, right? So you have to have some type of organization when you're doing it. Now, I can't emphasize enough, if you don't like someone you're working with or you have a horrible experience with them in your first, like, hug, get-together, like, don't keep them on your list, you guys, okay? They're just going to make you feel bad about yourself. It's not worth it. It's just not. Don't do it. So I'm going to tell you a quick story about the worst first realtor appointment I've ever had. And then we're going to break off into your guys' tables and you're all going to share your first worst story. Okay? So I remember I went to a seminar, um, Sales Mastery, and there was this high trust interview thing, this form that came out, right? And it was like literally 39 questions, I swear to God. Like it, I was like, wow, this seems like you've got to go deep. You've got to go really, really deep with people, right? So I get it, and I'm a fast executor. Like, I implement very, very, very quickly. So I had a, an appointment with this lady named Tracy, and I won't use the last name just in case people in this room may probably know this person. Okay? So I sit down with Tracy, and I'm, I have the high-trust interview right in front of me, and I'm going to follow it, right, like line for line. And it asks some serious questions, okay? Like, what's the biggest failure you've ever had in your life? I mean, how is your home life? And rate it, like, on a scale of one to... This is the first time I ever met with this lady, right? <laughs> it's like I was creating a dating profile for her. So, <laughs> so we get to that question of, like, you know, where are you letting yourself down, right? Like, in your life. And the tears, boom, just starts crying. Remember, you're seeing the best version of this broken-ass dude right now. Like, imagine me 12 years ago. And I'm doing this, and someone's crying. I'm not emotionally equipped to deal with it. So I'm sitting there, just staring at her. <laughs> it felt like 28 minutes. I swear. It probably was, I don't know, 30 seconds. But it felt like a really, really, really long time. And she's telling me how she's not there for her family, and her husband hates her, and, like, kids, and she's not there. And I, it, this was my response. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of the, of the appointment. She got up. I said, thank you for coming. And she has never talked to me ever again in 12 years. Okay. So <laughs> with that, careful. let's turn it over to them. Yeah. So you guys go to your tables and just share quickly. So that means 30 seconds each. Okay. What was like one of the worst realtor experiences you've ever had?
Sorry, guys, that was fun, huh, the stories? So, you've got the list, and you know how to come up with the list. You guys have these lists that you don't call. Um, Jeremy has a way of doing it. I have a little bit way of doing it. I need to work with more realtors. Jeremy has to work with a wider net as well based on his market. What do we do now, right? And the biggest question I get from my students is, what do I say when I'm calling them on Monday? Right? That's the question. How do, how do I connect? And I think we go about it wrong when we're like checking in with them. I think there's, you want a friendship with them. You want a relationship with them. But in the beginning, it's, for me, if I cold called these guys to begin with, like we weren't organically just friends, right? So we had to uh, grow that relationship into a friendship, right? And so what's, what's our reality right now? What's the, what's a realtor's biggest challenge right now? Lack of inventory. How long has it been that way? A while. Like, in my market, it's ridiculous. Austin was just the top market in the country in terms of percentage over sales price that a buyer is willing to pay. Thank you, California, right? It's unbelievable. We were 21% over for what list was three months ago. So we bumped 40% in the last four months. It's ridiculous getting appraisals to come in. So you ask yourself, well, how do I bring value to this conversation, right? If I have to manage this list, I'm pretty old school. The easiest way is to make a phone call, right? But what do I say? If I can get the most done on a phone call than I could get in my car and driving across town. I can talk to more people than I can see people, right? So what is their biggest challenge in the market right now? Lack of inventory. Well, how does that impact them? So in the beginning, I would just start by asking my relationships, my realtors, hey, what's your biggest challenge? Well, why is that a problem? That seems like it'd be a good thing. You could sell a house really quickly. He's like, no, it's a really bad problem when you have buyers, right? And so that turned into, wow, now what does that mean? We're paying over lists. That means we're not getting offers accepted. That means appraisals are coming in short. The takeaway here is that what I found was I'm at my best when I have a goal in mind for the day. So when I start my calls, my realtor calls, I literally, and I'm teaching my students this as well, I just pick one thing that I'm going to talk about with every single realtor the entire day. Everyone write that down. One thing. How stupid simple is that? Listen, just write down one thing that you're going to talk about on your calls. And remember, there's context here. The context is these are people that know you, you were in relationship with, right? I'm calling on that I want them to refer me business or that we're already referring me business or maybe used to refer me business, but I stopped calling them, right? These are realtors that know me. That's right. So then the next week is just what's the next challenge and how do I bring value to that relationship, right? So maybe this week I'm going to talk about what happens at the application that they may not be aware of, but how it benefits them. So, for example, right, if there's not much inventory and you're working with a buyer, you're going to have to look at a lot of homes, right? And you're probably going to have to make a lot of offers. And you're probably not going to get a lot of those offers accepted. And pretty soon that buyer might be thinking, oh, my gosh, I wonder if I have the wrong realtor. Right. Does that make sense? So proactively, we got ahead of it. And right up front, when we have the initial consult, I'm talking to their client about how great this realtor is, how I personally used them when my wife and I bought and sold our last house, that they are in the very best hands, that this is one of the best realtors in town. And listen, it's the market. It's not your realtor. You have the right realtor. It's normal for you to not get your offer accepted time after time again. Now, that's all great, isn't it? 
But what does it what really matters is that that realtor knows that that conversation is going on. Right. That's just one example of maybe week seven. Right. And I'm rotating through and then we're talking about property appraisal waivers and then we're talking about how to get your listing to appraise over list or whatever it might be. So that's the one simple thing, the one takeaway that I wanted to add on on the phone calls. And then if you're already doing that, it's really easy because you talked about it like 30 or 40 times today. Is to just cut a quick video and send it out to everybody because there are people that you had to leave a message for. And it's always under the. The, the, the situation of, hey, here's how we overcame this issue, right? It's, it's Rick's old school and evidence of success, but it's a weekly EOS evidence of success to your realtors that is along the same topic of what you talked about all day, right? You get pretty good at it by the time you get through the end of the day. Love it. So, so that's what we do when we call realtors. Jeremy, what do you have? So, so just so everyone gets it. So number one is just on your realtor call days, write down what you're going to talk about in advance. <laughs> so simple, right? I love that. So when I was calling realtors, that's what I was doing too. Okay, Here's a failure that I had early on in my core career um, when I was always told there's three reasons why we call realtors, right? You guys know what they are? What do you mean no? Everyone's shaking their head. You guys all forgot? Thank you. Number one is get an appointment. <laughs> all right. Number two is invite them to something. Back when we did things. Okay. Invite them to something. And the third one is? Ask for a referral, right? Those are the only three things, outcomes that we want from our call. So that's still the context of when we're calling. But the reason why I would pick three different things is that it depended on who I was talking to, right? So like on a cold call, am I going to ask for a referral first time? No. I probably should try it. That'd be kind of cool. Hey, you know, what's up, Casey? I think we should work together. Who are you working with that I should talk to today? That might be a new, bold Rick Ruby move. Okay. Haven't tried that one yet. Usually it doesn't work out. You don't have rapport built yet, right? But it's it's literally uh, inviting them to something, right? Or to get an appointment. Those are when you're cold calling. Now, when you're calling your list with the context of being in relationship, I love what you're doing because it makes it easy to do, Carson, is just know what you're talking about over and over and over again. Now, the one thing that I would love to add on to that is that it does not always have to be about business. Okay. So this is where I thrive. I'm actually really crappy about talking about business. I'm like, I don't know. What's the deal? You make an offer. It's got to be the highest. That's what's going to get accepted. Like, you gotta wait, like, what are we talking about? But I like to make it a little more fun, right? So have some fun. I want you to write down fun. Okay, and I want you to think of like, what's three things that would be a fun thing to talk about with my agents? Just pure fun. I'll give you a couple of hints. Okay, so one thing I like to call and talk about that is fun is that like, hey, did you see that video of the kid who peed his pants everywhere that was just on YouTube? (laughs) You guys think I'm kidding. Like these are the type of calls that I do and that's why I'm the most fun. Okay, simple stuff like that. Things that you see on Facebook or Instagram that you thought were hilarious. Like just be light about it. Will they bring back around business at some point or can you in the conversation? Of course, because remember the context is you're already working with these people or they already know you. It doesn't have to be a call every time. It's like, hey, so uh, how was the open houses this weekend? Right. You know, like, like, like that's the dumbest thing. So stupid. Stop saying that. Hey, so uh, did you work some open houses this weekend? Yeah, you got, you got any money for me? <laughs> Just, I mean, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. Hey, do you have anyone that I could connect with and help? A.K.A. Hey, you got any money for me? <laughs> 
Like, that's what they hear, just so you know. Don't stop saying it. Stop it. Stop asking for cash. Add value, what Carson said. Right? Have a value mindset. Hey, I was in, I'm in this coaching program. I just went to this event. It was crazy. I learned what the top realtors are doing, you know, in their marketplaces, and they're super deep on VIPs. Do you have a VIP list? No. I would love to show you how to make one. It's crazy. This one guy literally closed 48 deals from this one list. I could show you how to make it in eight minutes. Do you want to get together for eight minutes? <laughs> like, I just made that up. Like, you guys, we, you can, you see what I'm getting at though? Have some fun with it. And then figure out how to add real value. Right? Here's another one I always love is, hey, do you have any listings? Well, this was before COVID and everything sells in eight hours. But I'd be like, hey, do you have any listings that aren't selling right now? Right? Figure out ways how to do their job. I learned this a long time ago. My success with the realtors was A, having fun. B, of course, being really good at actually executing on loans. But most importantly, it was that I was always looking to be better at their job than they are at their job. Okay? Now, in the past, I had the mindset that this is stupid. Maybe I should do real estate and loans. <laughs> like, I could do it all. Like, it's, uh, if I can do it better than them. No, no, no. That's the value to them. Is that if you can be better at their job than they are and help them build a business, help them build financial security, teach them how to actually not spend so much money on leads and extract leads from their current clients and the people that they know, you've now just changed their what? Life. Okay? But you have to believe that, too, when you're making those calls. So have a list of things that you're going to talk about. Um, I work with Blaney. Blaney's in here. She's great because she'll come in when she's having a brain fart, like I have brain farts, too, all the time. And she'll be like, hey, what should I talk about today? She did it like two weeks ago, right? And I was like, uh, how about this, this, and this, right? And she was like, great, boom, and done. Collaborate with other people. Look at all the people you're sitting with that you could pick up the phone and call and ask. Hey, what are you calling? What are you saying to realtors this week? Like, just have some good information, stuff that you can share and add value to them, and be better at their job than they are. Then you're indispensable. All right, so learn to become a realtor. That's, that's what it comes down to. So, uh, what other ways do you connect uh, with your people? You don't just call them, Carson. What else do you do? Um, well, we're in Texas, right? We're in Texas right now. My market is Austin, and so we still get out and do happy hour, and we're still getting to belly belly as soon as we could. Before we could, um, we had them over. I would have a realtor and their spouse over to dinner. Um, lots, so lots of double dating with my wife, but often it was just over to our house for dinner, hang out on the back porch, let the kids run around together. So um, we'll get back into bigger groups and bigger happy hours. Of course, it's challenging depending on where you're at with COVID and what you can and can't do. But that's we feel like you got to get belly to belly, and, and I think that's that's really important. Um, in addition to calls, in addition to the emails, in addition to the, I touched briefly on a video evidence of success. Um, we also teach the letter from the heart. You guys know all of these things. It's really mail, call, visit, get belly to belly. I mean, Rick talks about the basics, and those really are the basics, right? There's no super secret special seminar that we teach that packs the room with a bunch of buyers that I give back to my realtors. That sounds awesome, but I don't hmm. have anything like that, buddy. Well, I live in the opposite place of Carson where we literally didn't have restaurants open until like a month ago. Okay. So, so I had to figure out how can I connect if I can't get belly to belly or if people didn't want to, right? They didn't want to get together. Here is one thing that I did get really good at in COVID. 
Okay, and it wasn't calling because I already told you my truth about that, right? But it was make, making a one-to-one video. So how many of you make one-to-many videos, meaning a video and you can email it out to a whole bunch of realtors, right, at once? Cool. So I didn't do any of those um, in COVID. I did one at the very beginning about what's going on in the market. But I made one-to-one videos, and I still do, at least five a day. Wow. Okay? One-to-one, as in Carson's a realtor, Right? And I'll make a video for Carson because maybe someone's making an offer on his listing. And I try to call. How many of you call the listing agent? How many of them pick up? Zero anymore. Or maybe you get one out of ten. You want to know why? Because they got 29 offers and their voicemail's full. I always get to their voicemail. I was like, this voicemail box is full. Right? Like, like it can't, you, can't, you can't even get in touch with them anymore. So I started making one-to-one videos. Right? Like, hey. Carson, it's Jeremy Forcier. I just tried to call you. Heads up, your voicemail box is full, right? I'm sure you're super busy, right, with, with all the offers, but I wanted to make sure that you could get this in front of your seller. Here's what's going on with the Blaustein offer. Fully underwritten and approved, no financing contingencies. I guarantee an on-time close or I'll pay your seller $1,000 a day. What do you say? Give us a shot. Give me a call if you or your seller have any questions. I'd be happy to talk directly to your seller if you'd like. I text it, yeah. I text that to the listing agent, okay? Now, am I getting a response 100% of the time with that? No, of course not, right? But I'm, I'm hot 50s, over 50%. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. This is the best, too. Thanks for the heads up on my voicemail, like they didn't know, right? <laughs> but you got to throw in that little bit of shame, just so you yeah. know, with realtors. You got to give them, you got to just get it in when you can, just a little bit. So figuring out ways to do one-to-one videos is, is great. Now, um, another huge thing that I'm doing is I'm including the realtors on all of my one-to-one video communications with clients. Okay? I'm including my realtors on all my video communication with my clients. Now, why would I do something like that, Carson? Tell us. Oh, I thought he was going to ask me a question. question. Just tell That's us. all right. He's all, just tell us. Don't, I don't want to ask a question. Um, so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, there's multiple reasons. Number one. I want them to see how good my team really is. I want them to be informed as to how the process works, but I also want them to click on it because the first thing I'm always doing is honoring them. In all my videos to clients, making offers, etc., when I send the client a video, okay, a one-to-one, I start it with, hey, Carson, dude, I heard you're making an offer on 123 Cashflow Lane. Um, I'm super excited. I'm going to call the listing agent. You are in the best hands with Rosa ever. She's going to put you in the best position to get your offer accepted. We know it's a really challenging market, but I haven't worked with an agent like this in a really long time. And I just wanted to let you know that you're in great hands with her. Yes, George. That's okay. So his question was, what is the fifth offer? What if, what if this is the fifth offer that they've made? Right. So that's a conversation that Carson covered. Then I do the same thing. Right. It's like, hey, this is a numbers game, unfortunately. So you have to prepare yourself for your offers to not get accepted. Do not envision yourself in this home yet. Okay. there's going to be another home if this one doesn't work out. And we're going to figure out what the right place is going to be. And we're going to make sure that you always have the best chance of getting into that home. Okay. so you can only tell the truth at the end of the day. Right. So we're using a lot of one to one video and elevating our realtor partners. Right. Yes. I love it. 
So question was, do you use it just straight on your phone? Do you record videos on your phone and just like text it to them? Do you use bomb bomb? I use co-video. Um, it doesn't matter just so you know. <laughs> use whatever you want, right? Um, I use co-video and I shoot them from my phone for the record. Sometimes if I'm in the office, I'll shoot, I'll shoot them just from my webcam, but I'm just texting them a link so that they can watch it, all right? Um, so by a show of hands, how many are more committed to doing videos, right? The one video instead of the mass video. Awesome. Yeah, people like to hear their name, right? Yeah. Yes, question. So he said, are you doing those on weekends or everything? Put your hand up. No, I'm not doing, I don't work on the weekends, you guys. Hello. So How Jimmy, many of you are working on the weekends? Raise your hand. What? Why? Oh, really? No. That's when people say they're making offers. Can I add one thing to that, Jerry? Yes. So we've all had to get really good in this kind of environment about calling the listing agent. We look at our job is more than just to close that loan on time, to make that realtor look really good, right, to deliver a great experience, a great client experience. Like, I know my job and the reason realtors work with me for sure is because I help them win. I help them get that offer accepted. And so a lot of times that looks like us picking up the phone and calling the listing agent every time they put in an offer. And oh my God, by the time we get to the 10th time, I'm like worn out because it's all weekend long. It's blowing up. So one other thing we did while we're on the topic of videos, and I know some of my students are doing it as well, and some of you may be doing it, but if you're not, it's such a big time saver. Make a video selling the strength of your buyer. Yeah. And add that to your buyer's agent and your borrower to present with the offer a video of you selling the strength of your buyer. Now, there are a couple things we learn doing these that often we forget. Number one, of course, you're selling the strength of the buyer. We all get that right. Number two, most of us are good at selling ourselves Right. We're a local mortgage banker. We use our own money to fund the loan. We do everything in house. Guaranteed we're going to be able to close on time or pay 500 bucks a day for every day we miss. Like we're really that good. This guy is solid, been through underwriting, et cetera, et cetera. But all too often we forget to sell the buyer's agent. And oh, by the way, Jeremy, the realtor, Jeremy with Caldwell Banker, he's one of the very best realtors. You're going to absolutely love working with Jeremy. He's not like most realtors that you're going to have to leave messages and messages and do the amendments for him. He's really good. He's a pro's pro, and you're going to love working with him. So just a few takeaways there yep. with, with that video. So um, weekends, let's talk about this. You guys can do whatever you want. I don't like to work on the weekends, okay? So you can either have a team member be a weekend warrior. I don't have that either, okay? So now, Carson, if you're a realtor, ask me if I, if I work on weekends. Jeremy, do you work on weekends? Absolutely. Now, I say this to make a point. I think we're confused as to what, what, what a quick connection is versus like what like working is, right? Yep. So when I say I don't work on weekends, if I get a text saying like, hey, we want to put in an offer, can I get a pre-approval letter? Is that not the most common like thing that they ask yep. for? It is, right? So I always say, hey, no problem. I'm actually out. Why don't you just include me on the offer, CC me on it, let them know the pre-approval letter's trailing, we're 100% good to go, and I'll follow up with it first thing in the morning. That's what I do every time. And I don't have pushback because I'm not afraid to say it. I'm with my family. I'm not available. I'm doing this. Include me. I make it easy for them because I'm better at their job than they are, right? 
They would never think that they could just put in an email, hey, Daniel Saw is included on this email. He's an awesome lender. He's not available right now because he's out of cell range or whatever, right? But hey, he's going to get you the letter right away. If you have any questions, here's his phone number. Like that's a two second interaction on the weekend. So I do that probably like four times over the weekend. It's like four minutes. Right. Rather than figuring out how would I find a Wi-Fi range and I got to log on and type up a letter like you don't have to do that. If you have weekend warrior coverage, that's great, too. I don't I don't. But that's how I deal with them. OK, is you have to have some boundaries. You guys remember what I said about working with the people you like to work with. I like the people to go thumbs up, text back when I text them. that. I like them. I'm going to pay attention to them. OK, I want to do more with them. They get it right. They're not like, well, uh, you know, Marcus, my other guy's always, he'll do it anywhere. You know, like, <laughs> that person, like, that realtor probably does, like, one transactions every three years. Okay? So, like, don't, don't, don't be crazy because someone else is crazy. All right? Just be calm. All right? Just be calm. Ask me for it, for it again. Well, guess what I do? I leave it on unread. I just don't open it. I don't open the text. I already told them what's going to happen. It's that simple. And people do not bug me. Trust me. They don't. Because you have to train your people how you work as well. Right? And how you're going to be beneficial to them. It's not dogging the agent. It's just, this is how I work and it will work. Just do it. And I don't know, in my market, just so you guys know, like, no one's writing an offer on Saturday at 8 p.m. And no seller's looking at it on Sunday, usually. Like, it's like Monday morning. They're going to look at the offers. They want to see what comes in over the weekend. It can wait Explain that to the realtors. Coach them on it. Be better, th- be better than them at their own job. Right? Explain it. All right, Jeremy, I want to begin to transition to the third part. So we talked to you guys about lists, how we qualify our lists, how we make our lists, how we track our lists, the forms we use. They're all in the book, starting at page 116. Then we talked about what we're doing right now, just a few tactics around videos, around phone calls, around what we do to stay in regular engagement with our realtors, and now we're going to transition into the third part of the class today, and that's planting seeds and acquiring new realtors. But before we do that, I want you guys to do a little bit of table work. So for a second, don't start talking, but for a second, I want you to think about your best referral partner, your best, biggest, baddest realtor, and I want you to think about how you met them and landed them, what it took. Think about that for just a minute, and then I want you guys to go around the table. Let's start with the longest hair this time, and share with the table what it took to get that, that realtor. Pilot Carson. He was getting blown up in text, let's say a prayer form, a listing agent needed a pre-approval letter right now. So, I mean, he had to do it, right? He didn't have any options. <laughs> I think he went to the bathroom, but let's move on to the third section, okay? So, <laughs> so we're going to, I'm going to leave, this last section is going to be really fast, 10 minutes, because I want to get questions from you about anything to do with working realtor relationships. I don't care what it is, okay? So I really want to make sure I leave some time there for that. I think that's where time there for that. Planting these seeds. So when I talk about planting seeds, I always think about farming. And Rick taught me this, right? Is that we plant two type of seeds in people that we want to work with and prospect. What, did you guys know what the two things that we plant are? Okay, apple tree is one. 
and tomatoes. So I look at all my realtors that I'm prospecting as tomatoes and apples. Okay? Number one, it makes it more fun for me. So it's like I want to stay engaged all the time. But the reason why I use tomatoes as an example is because if you plant a tomato plant and you take care of it for 90 days, you get fruit. So you are going to meet realtors that you work with that don't ever think you're going to get something before 90 days, number one. Right? So don't stop watering it once you get the engagement, positive engagement. Give it 90 days minimum. Right? So some of these people you're going to be following up with, they're tomatoes. 90 days and you get a lead. You get a deal. All right? We have to make sure that we're engaged with those people. Right? On a weekly basis when we're doing that. Now, the apples, why do we use apples as an example? Do you know? Okay, so yeah, we use apples as the other example because it takes apples seven years to bear fruit when you plant an apple tree. Okay, seven years, right? That's real. So when you think of whales, do you think that whales are more tomatoes or apples? They're more apples, okay? True story, okay? I've, um, Elizabeth O, all right, in my market, she's a baller. She's in the Napa market. Um, she did uh, like... 72 sides, listing and buying, last year. Um, I had followed up with her uh, for about three years straight, and I'd invite her to stuff, and one day she finally told me, four and a half years ago, because I have this in my database, that's why it's important to track this stuff, that she said, hey, I really like this. This is good. She feels guilty already. She's like, I'm not going to send you anyone. Like, I have a super strong relationship, and I just feel bad about spending your money throwing these awesome events, right? And I was like, hey, totally appreciate it. But she said... If anything changes, though, because I love the way you've been following up, you'll, you'll be the first one I call, right? So I said, okay. So that was a note in my system. Well, I ran in to Elizabeth about two months ago because my wife and I were looking at maybe a second home to purchase, okay? And, and I was like, oh, how are you? This, that, and the other. You're doing great. Hey, I'd love to connect. She said, great. She texted me the next day. Hey, it was nice, great to see you. I'm sure she wanted to sell me the house. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't that she wanted to work with me. But um, let's get together. I said, yeah, we should get together. Another week went by because I'm so good at following up on hot leads, I didn't call her. And she was like, hey, hey, I really think we should get, you know, we should talk. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I called her. I talked. And I said, listen, I looked up in my notes and it said that you didn't want to work with me back then because you still had this super tight relationship. How's that relationship right now? She said, not so good. And I literally put my phone on mute and went, yeah, die, Judy. (laughs) Right? Her LO's name was Judy, by the way. (laughs) I was just like, I knew who it was. I'm like, yes. So I unmute it. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, really? I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) And I said, I said, so what has changed? She says she's just not on it anymore, not, not, not responsive, and seems like she's just not enjoying the process, not taking care of my clients. Okay? So, being the apex predator in sales that I am, all right, I bit her neck through the phone like a vampire, and I didn't let go. And I said, listen, no one deserves to be treated like that. I'm only committed to working with the best of the best, and I guarantee a great experience. Like, working with us, I know you haven't worked with me yet. All I'm asking is for your next five transactions so I can show you what it looks like. Give it up for Jeremy. (laughs) Here's the truth, though. Guess what? That was 90 days ago. Closing my fourth one tomorrow with her. Okay. So much for four deals a year. So the point is, how long was I following up with her? No. It's been four years since I stopped. Yes. Seven. The apple. 
Seven years. She's been getting, I know, loan officer math, I'm not good at it either. So even though I wasn't calling on her all the time anymore, she was still getting my once a month emails, right, that I send out, my video emails, stuff like that. So don't give up. All right, know that there are tomatoes and there are apples and they're both freaking delicious deposited into your bank account. Take your time with them. All right, look for your opportunity. So don't give up. There's going to be different people in different time frames. Okay. Carson? Um, we got a few minutes left, so I'll add one more thing if you guys want to hear about it. So uh, Scott Foreman's my coach, and we are tracking how many new realtors that we have a closed loan with by the end of the semester, right? Sound familiar? Molly, we did that when I was your coach as well. So um, it's a fun game, and it's basically that we already have a closing by the time we get to the end of the semester, right? Pretty simple. So if you guys want to hear, I've got nine new closings from nine different realtors just since January, right? So do you want to know what I'm doing? Yeah. All right, cool. We'll run through it pretty quickly. So it's really this breakthrough, like cutting edge new stuff, right? So I'm calling the listing agent. <laughs> Let me tell you how before you laugh and how I go through that process, right? So thought about it and when are the opportunities that I have that present themselves that I can have an impression on the listing agent, Jeremy? So what's the very first contact I have with the listing agent? Offer made. Offer made. Right. The very first one. Good. What's the second one? Contract. Offer accepted. Okay. Very good. Then what happens every week? Update. Tuesday. Update. What's the next one? I know this sounds familiar for good students. I just yep. told you guys I haven't called a realtor in a year, so stop looking at so, me, bro. So, so we set the expectation for the meeting, right, at closing. <laughs> Wrong. I made one change to what I've been working for five years, and that made all the difference. So you think about the offer, think about the contract and what you need to say, and we could go through that, but it doesn't really matter. What matters is this one extra touch that we added each week. So on Friday... I added a call to only the listing agent that I liked okay. that made the list because they had enough business to move the needle. Otherwise, it wasn't worth it because I promise you, I do not have a 10-week follow-up gifting program. Like, I'm just not that guy. Okay? So on Friday, it's another phone call. Here's how that phone call goes. Hey, Jeremy, it's Carson. Oh, hey, Carson. I'm handling the financing on your listing. Remember me? I called you on Tuesday. Of course. You're so I, sweet. How are you? Awesome. Listen, there's nothing wrong. I just wanted to call and touch base with you. I know we talked on Tuesday, but I didn't want to let another week get by. You'd have to go through the entire weekend before you heard from me. So I just wanted to reach out. Hey, how's your seller feeling about the transaction? Good. There's something wrong. Well, I mean, I could make something up if you want. But no, no. There's nothing wrong. Okay. So listen, everything's great. Here's where we're at in the process. This weekend, if you're out showing property and you can't reach your lender. Yeah. I want you to be, I want you to, I want to be the first person you think of. I want you to think of me and I would love to take your call if there's something you need. I know real estate doesn't stop on the weekend. When we hang up, I'm going to text you my contact card. I would absolutely love to hear from you this weekend. Is there anything else I can do for you? Oh no, that's great, sweetie. Thank you so much. Awesome. Sounds good. I'll talk to you on Tuesday, right? So one extra call on Friday because it dawned on me, what's the reality? The agents we work with, when they call us on a weekend, what do they say? Someone needs to write an offer in 18 minutes. No, 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 no. It's even worse than that. They call on the weekend and they start off by apologizing because they're bringing me business on the weekend, right? Oh, that's a good point. So what's the opposite of that? 
Me inviting it. Now, the truth is, I don't really want all my realtors calling me on the weekend. But if I have an opportunity to land a new well to add nine more realtors in the last four months that I work with, by simply taking or offering, I don't even know if they called me on the weekend, but making that offer and then calling again on Tuesday, that was the only tweak I made was one extra call. And I'd love to tell you that I thought of it. But the truth is, Jimmy Reed, like seven or eight years ago, was on stage talking about calling on realtors. And he was like, man, I would just get up on Saturday morning when I needed more realtors and I would call them and tell them I'm working this weekend. Like, well, I don't want to do that on Saturday, but I could do that on Friday. And hey, could you say out. that again? You sounded like Jimmy Reed. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Thank you, you. you seen that, Jimmy Reed? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I got. What else? That's awesome. Q&A? And then when they do contact you, remember, you just text them real quick. Hey, I'm with family. Thank you so much. I'll yeah. be right away. Okay? That's what I would do. I'm just being honest. Okay? Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Love on them. I'll get to them ASAP, but that's all it says. It doesn't say in five minutes or in two hours or tomorrow. It's probably going to be Monday. All right. So uh, let's answer some questions. Okay. We left 20 minutes. Ask us anything. Just raise your hand and we'll call on you. Yes. What about the agents? Uh, I dropped the ball on a few clients in the summertime to, to get some of those relationships. Love it. Cool. This is a great one. So his question was, um, like, what if we dropped the ball a couple times, like during the summer, like, you know, all the craziness we just went through and it wasn't a great experience or transaction. Like, how do you re-engage? Jeremy, you were my coach and you made me at the beginning of the semester right. do a dormant realtor list. That's yep. what we're talking about, right? Yep, exactly. So, so explain, explain it. So um, I, I, I love this. I'm good at this. OK, because I have a wife who is a ball buster. And so I'm great at saying I'm sorry. OK, so I, I call I would just call and tell them the truth. Like, do you want to work with them? Yeah. Okay, do you like them? Yeah. Okay, so you like them, you want to work with them. That's a great place to start for a phone call, right? Hey, Eric, it's Jeremy Forcier, Cross Country Mortgage. Listen, we didn't have a good experience on the last two transactions we did in the summer. I accept full responsibility for it. It was a crazy time. Things have changed, but I really like you, and I really want to work with you, and I want another chance. And if I do a bad job this time, you literally don't ever have to talk to me ever again. That's it. Like, super simple. Just own it and move and ask for what you want. Own it and ask for what you want. That's it. Okay? Yeah, you're welcome. Way back there. Yes, Jane. So she said the Friday call is brilliant. Can't wait to add it in. I'm going to repeat your question when you, but I'm waiting for the question. Great. So the question was, do I manage my phone calls of my list with phone burner? And the answer is yes for certain theme days. So for realtors specifically, I do manage that list in phone burner. However, I do not leave a pre-recorded message. So I like to address the individual by their name. And so it saves me time by not having to dial because you guys are probably like me. And it's like, I'll make phone calls, but I'm super annoyed of like having to push the buttons. I know it's ridiculous. I like that's it. Where we've gotten, you like pushing the buttons. Yeah. I don't like pushing the buttons, right? So I like to just tell it to go and I don't have to think about it and it dials out. 
from that list, it'll print out who you talked to and who you left messages for. But I'm literally sending that to all of my realtors, the video for the week. I think that was the other part of your question, right? No pre-recorded messages. I've messed that up and hit the pre-recorded inviting them to a happy hour and I'm really calling, you know, past clients or whatever, right? So I've messed up. It's a happy hour that was like last year. Great question. Don't use pre-recorded voicemails on phone burner. I'm not very good at it. Cool. Other questions? Nothing? You guys are all just banging too many loans. Person on that Friday call, are you doing it like on the second Every Friday. That's, dude. You start getting leads by the second Friday. If you do this, you'll start getting leads by the second Friday. Picking, I'm picking a handful of the ones that I enjoyed the initial conversation. I'll add to that so you can kind of um, set the stage. At, remember, the initial call was at offer. And so engage them. Remember, we're going to sell the buyer's agent about how great they are. And then just... Just be like super honest with them. Like, hey, I understand your listing is, is really, really popular. I bet you got a ton of offers, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, I got a bunch. I'm like, how many did you get? I heard of like 98 in Round Rock just outside of Austin. How many did you get on this one? And they'll, sometimes they'll tell you. I'm like, hey, Randy, out of curiosity, how many other lenders called? So I'm beginning to set age to go above and beyond. And you'd be shocked. Like, if, you, if you're not asking that question, ask. And often they'll tell you, oh, I got like eight offers and I got no phone calls. And then sometimes you're like, does your lender call automatically when you guys make offers? Like just automatic. Like I feel like, and you've heard me say this already once today, to make you look good, to have a great experience. I feel like my job really is to help you win. And then I might ask for an appointment then. Like I'd love to sit down with you if your lender's not partnering with you to help you win. I mean, there's like 15 different things that we're doing to help. Like that's my job now is to help your client win. Yeah, you can just dog our industry. I do it all the time. That's my pet peeve. That's always what I say. Oh, yeah, that's my pet peeve. I hate mortgage people. Yeah, they don't. They're lazy. They don't like to do the work. There was a hand up. Hold hold on, because there was one back there first. You? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. All right. So, so the question was elaborate on the one-to-one videos, like who are they going to, etc. They can go to lots of different people. I do it for realtors, okay, that want updates, right? I can do it um, to listing agents. I do it to my clients all the time, right? Like, hey, you went into contract. I do a video, one-to-one, not a generic one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing it all through co-video. I'm just recording, like, let's say Sean Kaplan went into contract today and, and he was one of my clients. Like, I don't, I would send him a video that says, hey, dude, click on the link below for a video message. Congrats on going into contract. And it's me just saying, hey, Sean, I want them to hear their name. Sean, congrats on getting into contract. Gail did such a great job getting you into contract. Super excited. It's going to be a super smooth transaction. Here's what's going to happen next. Jay Lee from the team is going to get you out some loan disclosures to sign. If you have any questions whatsoever, let me know. We're 100% here to take care of you. We want to make this a great experience so that it makes it easy for you, uh, for us, your friends and family. I hope you have a great day. If you need anything, give me a call. Bye. Like, that's it's it. almost a Tuesday status update message, except that it's video. I mean, yes. You're so damn sexy like Jeremy. Why wouldn't you send a video right I instead agree. of leaving a message? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sean. Um, 
So question, first agent Zoom call introductions and how do you follow up on it after? So I want to make sure I understand the context. What do you mean, uh, for like an appointment? Great. Excellent. So his question was, um, first up, like an appointment, instead of a face-to-face, doing like, hey, let's hop on a Zoom. Yes, I do do that, um, and it's great. Here's what you need to do great in Zooms uh, with new prospective people you're meeting with for the first time, is that you have to be clear, concise, and compelling. Clear, concise, and compelling. Okay? So if someone says to me, hey, I'd like to learn more about your business or whatever, like they're interested, like be clear, concise, and compelling. The, the issue I see with a lot of people that I work with or that I coach is that when you ask them that question, you're like, well, why would I use you? Tell me. Uh, close on time, keep you updated. Close on time, keep you updated. That's super common. That's what we yeah. all say. <laughs> I'm going to close on time. I'm, I'm, I'm like, if I'm a realtor, I'm like, well, yeah, I hope you close on time. Yeah. I mean, like, like, right? Like, like. Like, so, so we have to understand that it has to be more. Like, if we want to stand out, we got to stand out. So for me, when someone asks, like, why would I work with you? I say, listen, I stand for something that's super clear to me. I got clear on it in the last couple of years, and it's free. Freedom. Like, so it stands something for me. Number one is F. I always want to have fun with the people I work with. Like, I'm only work, looking to work with people that are interested in having some fun in what they're doing, and they don't dread their job every day. The second thing I look for, the R stands for relationships. I put relationships above everything. So I always want to work with people that want deeper relationships, work with less people but get way more from it, and actually be connected so we can have each other's backs. The E for me is super simple. It stands for elevate. I want to be around people that elevate me, and then I can elevate every single other person around me, whether that's a team member, whether that's a staff member, whether that is a client, whether it's you as a referral partner. And the final E is that I believe that you can have fun, be in relationships, elevate everyone around you, and still be excellence in execution. Because if we can't execute at the end of the day, what's it all worth? We're not doing this just out of the goodness of our heart. So those are the reasons why I'm different and why I'd love to partner with you. Dude, I already packed up my notes. You made me okay. come back out so I could write that down. That what was another that? great nugget, man. So listen, no. we're wrapping up here. We can yeah. take another question or two, but I want you to take your tag and turn it over. And take a picture of the QR code. And that'll pull up the survey for this class. And Jeremy and I are a little bit competitive. So we'd love for you to rate us a five or a six. I think six is the highest number, right? Maybe five. So give us a six. If you love it, give us a six. If you hated it, give us a five. If you hated it, give us a five. And you want to hang around, we'll be here for a couple more minutes to chat. Yeah. Any other questions? But did that answer your question, Sean? Like, I want to make sure. Okay. So remember, clear, concise, compelling. You have to understand what you stand for. Yes. Question. He said listing videos that you're making for your agents. Great tip. Put them in a QR code and then put them on what? On pre-approval letter. So that's really cool. I didn't even know you could do that. Cool. Like a unique to that. That's awesome. Didn't know that. Great idea. Can you uh, can you say that? Yeah, he said, um, you know, tip. This is what he said literally. He went, no question, tip. I said, okay. He said, it, when you make those videos for the listing agents, um, you can put them into a QR code and include them on your pre-approval letter so that you, like someone can, I guess, scan it. 
right? That's what you do. With QR. I don't use QR codes. <laughs> so um, it, 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 uh, um, I love it, though. So I guess you could put a link in, too, right? You could do you just, a QR. You put a live link in the email as well. You can put it in your signature line. Question. So her question was for the people who are so rudely talking. All right. What was your question? Cool. Great question. What's your follow up after the new agent Zoom? So for me, um, it is a phone call every other week. All right. And then it's in, they go into my email, which is uh, once a month. Right. So it's a phone call every other week and it's an email once a month. Those go into your C category. Like That's my C earlier, category. Right? That is correct. Yeah. yeah. Yo. To the end of the transaction, I call them. And so the question was, how often do I call the listing agent? And I call them until the end of the transaction. And the goal is to be to leave enough of an impression that they will agree to take a Zoom meeting with me or an in-person meeting. And then are you asking how long afterwards? Checking in with them again on the Friday. Yes. The same person, yep. same realtor. I'll check in with the same realtor. I won't say, hey, think of me, but I kind of. Yeah, don't just... say the same thing every time. Ask them, like, what type of flowers do they like? Throw them off a little bit. Yeah. OK. If you won the lottery, did you see how much lotto is? I made this call before and it's a great one. You guys can all steal it. Right. They answer the phone. Hello. I'm like, hey, if you won the lottery, it's worth 235 million. I just drove by 7-Eleven. What would you first thing you do be? <laughs> you guys, I'm not kidding. Like, you don't have to call and throw up loan facts on them. Yeah. Okay? Throw up some fun stuff. That's why he's more fun and why he requires you to be fun to work with him, right? Like, it's just like, come on. Like, throw them off a little bit. Ask them a funny question. Okay? So, any other questions, you guys? All right, guys. Give Jeremy a round. Everybody give Jeremy a round. Absolutely killed it. You've been listening to the CORE's Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.lacortraining.com.